Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It was another relaxing day in the big house on Saturday, watching Michigan make fast work of Maryland. We are 9-0, right in the thick of the playoff race, and number two in the AP poll, number three in the coaches poll. We know none of that matters if we don't take care of business each week. On today's game day edition, my guest will be the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. We will take a look back at the Maryland win and look ahead to a primetime matchup with Iowa Saturday night at Kinnick Stadium. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll hear from the radio play-by-play voice of Iowa football, Gary Dolphin. Before we join John, my view from Section 17 to get us started today. Our offense seems to be hitting their stride in November. Just what you want when there's so much on the line at the end of the season. We're in pretty good shape on the injury front and ready for a road trip this Saturday. I've been around long enough to see some real battles when Michigan goes to Iowa. If you've ever been there, you'd know why. Uh, The fans are right on top of the field, and it is one of the loudest stadiums in college football. Iowa has been very good on defense all year, but has struggled to find their way on offense. The defense had plenty of trouble shutting down the option-read offense of Penn State in Happy Valley on Saturday, and the Iowa offense, they never really got in sync. They are just not a team that is designed to come from behind. I think that's why a quick start for us on Saturday will be very important. If we can get these guys to have to open up that offense, our defense should make them pay. To me, it's another road game against a team that will be ready to play. It's a red-letter game for Iowa, and it always has been. Plus, they need one more win to get bowl eligible. So there is a lot on the line for both teams. I think, again, if we play solid D and go right after this very good Hawkeye defense, we come home 10-0 ready to close out the home schedule next weekend with Indiana. Any team can stumble on the road. I just don't expect that's going to happen to us this weekend against the Hawkeyes. FireFan is the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about for weeks now. It's free and will soon be available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. It will change the way we watch our favorite teams. With FireFan, you are not only an observer, but a participant. 
There is still time to find out what FireFan is all about before it goes live. To register or get a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. FireFan is taking interactive sports gaming to the next level. Find out why. John Borton has been the editor of the Wolverine magazine for a long time now. He's like me, though. Don't worry about Indiana or Ohio State yet. Keep the focus on the job at hand, the night game at Iowa this coming Saturday. He joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. With us on our game day segment this week as we take a look back at a nice win over Maryland on Saturday and, of course, look ahead to a big road night game in Iowa this coming weekend, the editor of the Wolverine, John Borton. Great to have you back with us, John. Good to be with you, Mike. It's uh, Michigan, obviously, on a roll in football. A lot of people excited about that fact. Very excited, John. Another impressive win against Maryland on Saturday. After that game, uh, Jim Harbaugh said, first half performance by Wilton Spate was the best he had ever seen from a Michigan quarterback. That is high praise coming from Coach Harbaugh, isn't it? There's no doubt about it. He's seen a few, and he's uh, he's had a few performances back in his day. Uh, certainly, it, it ranks right up there. Wilton, the, the key thing is, wherever it fits in the historical record, uh, the fact that Wilton Spate is really getting better and better and better. And the, the thing that impressed me the most on Saturday, and I think it caught a lot of people's attention, is the way Wilton Spate was able to move in the pocket and create time to deliver the football. I think he became the quarterback because he most closely uh, resembled what Harbaugh wants to see in a quarterback that will hang in the pocket and be able to deliver the football through the air. And Wilton Spade is doing that in part because he is able to make that subtle little move as uh, an unblocked uh, blitzer or rusher off the edge is coming at him. He'll make that move and then reset himself and throw, and he's doing a really good job of it. He's a, he's a big guy anyway, and he's not that easy to bring down. If you're uh, a smaller linebacker or a defensive back that's blitzing, and uh, he's creating time and delivering some really nice passes downfield. And uh, you, you have to admire the fact that this is a guy this is, uh, that so many people thought, okay, you know, he he had his moment against Minnesota a year ago, and, and that was great, but uh, he's, he's certainly not going to hold up against uh, the transfer, John O'Corn, or some of these younger guys that, uh, that might step up. Uh, he is simply 
taken this job and run with it. And speaking of running, John, when he uh, tucked it there in the first half, went right up the gut for a touchdown. Another uh, nice bit for uh, defensive coordinators to have to look at and film. He'll tuck it and run. Yeah, no doubt about it. He uh, he saw an opening there. He said uh, in that particular read, uh, his his uh, his check down is himself, and to take off, and he even threw a little hop in there at the end. He, he said it was the first time scoring, and he was just uh, expressing his joy. Some of his teammates asked if he was uh, trying to be jump man, uh, like like the logo on his uniform. But uh, it uh, Spate is a kid that has a lot of confidence. He is. He really is. You know, he was pretty quiet at first, but uh, more and more of his personality is coming out. And he's a kid that uh, has some swagger, and it's it's fun to watch. Well, the offense so balanced right now, John, can attack defenses in so many ways with so many different weapons. And I don't know if it's just me or not, but I'm, I'm watching through the last nine weeks, and I just get this feeling, even though we're hanging up over 45 points a game, that this offense hasn't peaked yet, that it can still be better. Oh, I think so. On a number of levels, not only are you continually seeing the the offensive linemen get better, they're still adjusting to that left side of the line being changed with the Bens, uh, Braden and Ben Bredesen working as the, uh, the left tackle and left guard, respectively. But uh, there, there's so many things that they're not doing yet that they can do. I think... Somebody made a, a very cogent observation when they said you watch really closely the first couple of drives of the game and how uh, surgical they are and how they're mapped out and the, the creativity with which Michigan is attacking people. And then they start to take these leads of three touchdowns, boom, 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 score the first three times, and then they they back off of that a little bit. They don't want to show too much. They don't need to show too much. I think there's plenty still left in the arsenal that maybe we haven't seen more moves off of more uh, actions. You saw that uh, you saw something else in in this past game against Maryland with the Jabril Peppers throwback to Wilton Spate and the 40-yard heave downfield. Uh, there is no end seemingly to the creativity that this coaching staff has. And it hasn't been challenged to the point yet where it has really had to reach as deep as it could in the bag of tricks. So I, I agree with you. I mean, this is a, this is an offense that has a lot to it and it's supplemented with a defense and special teams that keeps giving it good opportunities. And, you know, John, I think at this uh, point it's uh, time to start giving the guys in the trenches some of their due. We've been very critical of them the last couple of years, uh, talked a lot about them. The pass protection has been good. The holes keep getting bigger and bigger each week. Uh, the Big Uglies deserve some credit now, John. There's no doubt about it. I, I think you've got uh, veterans in there in uh, three-year starters across most of that line uh, over on the right side, uh, Magnuson and Kyle Kalis uh, have held up very well all year long. Kalis took a took a penalty on Saturday that he got thoroughly chewed out for, but but that's because Jim Harbaugh knows that he knows better than to uh, to take a swipe at somebody after the play, and and those two have been very solid. Uh, Cole Mason Cole has at center has grown into his role. And I already mentioned the the guys on the left side of the line. What we said before the season is, I think the the front line guys they look good, 
uh, you just cannot afford an injury. Well, what you had a, a very um, dramatic and very difficult one in Grant Newsom there at left tackle, uh, certainly a key position, and yet this team has been able to roll with that and uh, kick Braden out to left tackle. You got a true freshman in there at uh, left guard, and he is learning to uh, learning the game at this level while he's holding up pretty well. So, really, uh, it it has, as you mentioned, gotten better and better, and uh, I, I think uh, has adjusted well to the changes it's had to make. John Maryland had some success offensively, especially on the edges, but they still only managed three points. You know, I think a lot of fans still want to see negative yardage from the opposition each week, which is not going to happen. But all things considered, another pretty good performance from the Dijon. Some things to clean up, but pretty good. No doubt about it. Not not only each week, but each play. <laughs> the uh, the hundred and ten thousand critics uh, would would they've gotten used to uh, seeing Don Brown's defenses just overwhelm people. Maryland has got some speed and, and has got some very good skill players. And uh, I will say this: that's the most yardage I think I've ever seen for a team only scoring three points. They had a they had the plan to dump the ball off and get it out of the hands of the quarterback quickly so that uh, you're not taking all those sacks. Perry Hills still became yet another quarterback a victim that doesn't finish a game against this Michigan defense. But uh, you're right. Uh, certainly Maryland showed some vulnerability by Michigan on the edges. That's something that they're going to have to work at as time goes on. But uh, give some credit to the opposition, too, on the one hand. And on the other hand, Michigan kept them out of the end zone. They are very, very tough once the team hits the red zone, very tough in fourth down situations. We saw that once again. So uh, it's, I think, a twofold thing there. Michigan will certainly take a hard look at uh, the, the edge gains that Maryland made because they know teams like Ohio State are watching the same thing that they're watching. Well, I think that's a lot of it, too, John. We're at the uh, the point of the season where we played eight games, nine games, uh, counting Maryland on Saturday. There's more tape on you. Uh, teams know your tendencies. D.J. Durkin's one heck of a coach. We're aggressive. We're aggressive from the edge, and they took advantage of that. There's no doubt, and you have to uh, know what you're going to be facing in some of the games that are coming up. Uh, and, and know how to react to it. If if that's going to be the attack, all right. Let's uh, they'll they'll throw a little, another wrinkle or two in there to uh, to combat that. You would hope. Uh, but uh, until they get to Ohio State, I, I don't think you know. I, I would say they. I didn't. I wouldn't see them being seriously challenged defensively. I, I would uh, retract that somewhat. In that Indiana and their style has certainly given. Uh, Michigan problems, but this week, I mean, they're facing a team in Iowa that that has just struggled mightily on offense almost all year long. Well, with us on our game day segment this week as we take a look back in Maryland and now ahead to uh, Saturday night's game in Iowa is the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. John, Saturday night, Michigan leaves the big house for only the third time this year. Hard to believe at this point of the season. It's going to be a night game, national TV audience. And in a stadium, for those of us who've been around for a while, know is as loud or can be as loud as any place in college football. Despite Iowa's record, it's a road game. And I expect they're going to be a different team than we saw Saturday night against Penn State. 
Oh, I think so. Yeah, they coming home playing at night. That is a crowd that, like you said, gets very whipped up and is right on top of the the Michigan bench practically. Uh, when you're down there in the field, you get a, a real sense of what it's like in uh, Kinnick Stadium. It's from that standpoint, absolutely. It is a. It will be a great challenge, and there will be a lot of emotion early. Michigan coming in at number two, you automatically have the target on your back. Everybody gets whipped up. Okay, maybe this can be the weekend that Iowa rises up and and uh, and does something. But I just, I think after that initial wave, after that initial emotion wears down it's going to be superior talent and i think michigan has that especially defensively against what iowa has on offense this year so i think that um you know in some ways this game might mirror some of what you saw up at michigan state because uh, Michigan State certainly had a package for that first offensive series that took it right down the field and then Michigan adjusted and really shut down the Spartans for the middle two quarters to take a lead that wasn't going to be overcome. I think you might see the, some of the same thing in this game coming up. Iowa is uh, a power offense. Uh, they're not going to spread you out. They're, they're going to come right at you and challenge you. It's what they do. And yes, they've been struggling with that power offense uh, for the better part of this year. I've gotten to see them play a couple of times now. I just haven't seen anything that leads me to believe they can consistently move the ball on that defense. No, no. If if you score 14 points against Rutgers, you've you've got issues. And uh, <laughs> Iowa certainly has had that. Uh, you thought with a returning quarterback and and uh, some of the talent that they bring in that uh, Kurt Ferentz has on hand that they would produce better, but they have struggled. Their offensive line has struggled somewhat, and they just haven't clicked on that side of the football the other thing about it is Iowa you mentioned likes to play the power style that plays more into Michigan's hands I think than than uh, a spread look even though Michigan is increasingly good with its own speed and ability to cover uh, if you if you want to line it up and play power football Michigan can stack against that and really force some things and make you play a game that you didn't necessarily want to play, especially if you get a couple touchdowns behind. The one thing that has been solid for Iowa this year has been their defense. They've been very good until Saturday night. Um, They could not stop that Penn State option read and give uh, the Nittany Lions credit. They're getting better each week. Until Saturday, they were only giving up 18 points a game. Getting back to what we talked about at the top of the show, John, the Michigan offense is, is taking it to the next level right now, it appears to all of us. If we don't make mistakes, do you see this Iowa defense being able to stop or, or slow us down? I don't see that happening. I really don't because uh, Michigan, again, uh, minus the mistakes that you're talking about, and you've got a quarterback in spate that's thrown three interceptions in nine games, which is pretty darn good. I mean, it's uh, it, it's very much like a uh, a guy that talked to the team last week in Brian Greasy, who I believe had five or six during the national championship season in 97. And uh, Spate is throwing the ball in the right places. When he has to throw it away, he does, but he doesn't very often because there's so many Michigan receivers with the speed they've got, and you throw uh, Jake Budd in there at tight end. Uh, a lot of talent and a lot of guys to watch. Uh, Amara Darbo has had such a 
an incredible year getting open, catching the football, and, and okay, uh, opponents are going to have to really lock in on him but still try to cover butt, and that leaves Jehu Chesson, who hasn't uh, stood out nearly as much as he did a year ago in winning the MVP award for this team. That leaves him open for five catches and 112 yards on Saturday. So lots of weapons there, and it's those three uh, we talked about before the season, but then you throw in the talents of an Eddie McDoom, who is uh, the freshman with all that speed, and uh, just just more and more guys that they're bringing in. Uh, Devin Asiasi, the tight end, and uh, Kakoa Crawford, who caught his first touchdown pass. A lot of talent for this Michigan team, and they're so well coached. And uh, the one thing that Jake Butt said after the, the game on Saturday, he said, we are so well prepared for every game that we play. I just don't see us taking a step backwards offensively. And I, I think there's something to that. He he knows uh, part of the reason he stayed around is to be able to operate under this coaching staff for another year. And that uh, it's obvious what they're getting done. Well, we've seen a lot of Jabril and the Wildcat handing off this season, John, and running for the most part on the road in a hostile environment. This might be the perfect opportunity for for Jim to unleash Jabril and maybe let him throw the ball a few times, which would be fun to see. But we are getting to that point in the season where you're going to be using all of your weapons, John. And uh, we say this every week, but what a weapon this guy is. Oh, no doubt about it. And you talk about how difficult it is uh, when you get closer to the goal line to uh, to score and Peppers just brings yet another dimension. You're putting a guy in. When you got Wilton Spade in there, you have to deal with the fact that he might hand it off to somebody that's very talented or he might uh, use his arm and throw it. Uh, Peppers gives you uh, an entirely different worry in that uh, if he's teamed up with a uh, one of the very effective backs that Michigan's had, okay, he can draw your attention and uh, make everybody go to him uh, or then pitch it to one of those guys he could uh, he could flip it to uh, on the on the jet sweep uh, to McDoom there's just a, a lot of things that you have to guard against and peppers is in his own right extremely fast and you know that the fire alarms go off when he's on the field and defenses have to overplay him that allows for other people to to do other things. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think they've worked him in more and more in the second half of the season. He can throw the ball, whether it's this week or whether they save it for a couple of weeks down the road, we'll see. But uh, it's certainly uh, everybody notices when number five gets on the field on offense. Well, the team, of course, has to focus on the task at hand, which is a trip to uh, Iowa on Saturday. So they're not looking ahead, but we can. I think most Michigan fans have one eye on the Buckeyes every week now. And as we get closer to the game, not overly impressive in October, John. And then they just flat out destroyed Nebraska on Saturday. It's hard not to look ahead to that game. But I have to say, I do like our chances a lot more when we head down to Columbus? Well, I think uh, Ohio State has shown a vulnerability throughout the season. It, it uh, They came in early on. People were talking about, you know, this. they had to replace so much talent, and I don't care who you are. You, know, you can't replace that much and, and be the same. And then we saw, okay, they, they went down to Oklahoma and, 
and destroyed Oklahoma early, so not knowing exactly what uh, the Sooners had, everybody said, wow, they're, they're just right back. They didn't miss a beat. They're rolling. But as the season has gone along, you can see that this is a, a beatable football team in some ways. Wisconsin should have, probably could have had them uh, at home. Northwestern plays them four points in Columbus. And you know, then you get the reminder of what they can be against Nebraska. Now, some strange things happen in that game. Obviously, the the uh, Cornhuskers losing their quarterback, but it's uh, twofold. Ohio State is very good, very talented, can be very explosive. But the flip side of that is they are not unbeatable. And uh, I will tell you what, the people we talked to from Wisconsin after that game said we felt lucky to get out of Ann Arbor. It's uh, seven points down to Michigan, and we would play Ohio State again anywhere, anytime. Michigan is the more physical football team of the two. Interesting to hear. Well, we just have to wait a couple of weeks now to uh, to see that. Final thought for me, John. Ohio State has Maryland and Michigan State on the road the next two weeks. We, of course, have Iowa on Saturday, Indiana at home next week to close out the home schedule. The fascinating and fun thing is it's been a long time since we've been in this position down the home stretch in November, isn't it? Oh, it's been a decade, absolutely. Uh, when you were steaming down the 2006 season, uh, getting ready for the undefeated showdown of uh, of a lifetime against Ohio State, and I see it developing the same way. I don't see either of these teams. I mean, obviously, Ohio State's already lost a game, and Michigan has that one in hand. But I don't see either of these teams losing in the two weeks leading up to Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, anything can happen, certainly, and uh, you, you can't get caught looking ahead. But I think these are teams with a high level of focus, both potential playoff teams, both potential Big Ten championship game teams. And I think it's going to just, you know, they're they're really going to ramp it up. We'll see more of what we saw on Saturday from both of these teams in the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, it's all it's all on the line down in Columbus. Our guest here on uh, Michigan Game Day today has been the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. John, always uh, great for you to take time out and join us on the show, and we already look forward to our next visit. All right, Mike, always fun. Thanks for having me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up our game day edition of The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today. Nothing to report on the injury front as of this morning. We'll have an update for you coming up on Thursday's show. Thanks to John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. John's the editor there for being our guest today. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us each week now on iHeartRadio. And if you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate us or even leave a comment. 
My listener line is open 24-7 for your calls. If you have anything on your maize and blue mind, give us a call and say your piece. You can also email thoughts and suggestions to the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. On Thursday's visitors segment, my guest will be the radio play-by-play voice of Iowa football, Gary Dolphin. So don't forget to tune in and get the Hawkeye perspective on Saturday's game. That will do it for our game day edition. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until Thursday, I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!